Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Hello. You're welcome and I'm excited because today we'll begin a new series on feasting at the table. Today we're going to be considering a series which is something that came across several years ago. I mean, to be honest, in all sympathy, to be honest, um, and reality, this was something I heard when I was in high school. I had a friend invite me to her high school fellowship and I attended. And the person preached from the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 11, and they talked about the area of Balaam. For a long time, that struck to me, particularly the fact that, oh, this was someone who used his prophesying gift for money. And I think that over the years, that was the thing I knew about the area of Balaam. But as I began to study the word and check this Balaam, I've discovered that although he's known for one particular error, I mean, this terrible mistake he made, when you study the life of Balaam, there are several, several errors he made before he made that fatal error that we all know about. And that is how life is. Because sometimes we're looking at the... We forget that there are little, little things along the way that make the big picture. And so today, we're going to start this series on the era of Balaam. And the main goal is to look at what were the different things, you know, in Balaam's life that he, he had put a check on it. He would not have gotten to that ultimate one, you know, that we know about. And it's almost like our lives today. Sometimes we, we make some wrong decisions, but you find out at the end of the day that the wrong decision is actually an accumulation of several small decisions that we have not made correctly and eventually get into that loop. And it's not like, oh, it has just happened. No, before it happened, there were actually small changes and things would have done that would stop the whole error from occurring. And so I would like for you to join me as we look at this study. We, excuse me, we're talking about the life of Balaam. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about him before, but Balaam is a prophet. And we're going to look at the book of Jude chapter 1 verse 11. Uh, as our custom is here, we're going to be looking at it in various, various uh, translations. We're going to be reading that particular verse that talks about him in various translations and that's just to give us a picture of what the bible says about him a picture of how the bible sees him and and i think i'm going to just go to that very place where i was taught while i was in high school the very place that as it were was the first time i actually heard his name that's the place we're going to be reading from so we're turning our bibles this morning to the book of jude chapter one um, jude has only one chapter so if you just turn your Bibles there, and I'm just going to read it. I think this is the King James, oh, this is the Amplified Version. It says, woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have wished, they have wished for profits into Balaam's arrow. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion and have abandoned themselves for the sake of another, I said another translation, they have abandoned themselves for the sake of gain. The offers that following the, following the error of Balaam. The CB version says, for gain, 
For profit, they give themselves over to Balaam's error. CEV translation says they have made the same mistake that Balaam did by caring only for money. So that's one of the things the Bible tells us about Balaam, that his mistake was caring only for money. The ERV version says to make money, they have given themselves to following the wrong way that Balaam went. So, I mean, that's clear to us here that this is the thing that had to do with Balaam. The GMV translation says, and I cast away by the deceit of Balaam's wages. So this money that Balaam collected, the Bible says that there was deceit associated with them. The Philip translation, one translation I love says, for what they could get, they have rushed into the same error as Balaam. So we're looking at the life of Balaam. We're just looking at the very first primary verse that actually tells us about Balaam. I mean, the main text, the, the text from which we're getting this part of our, the error of Balaam, the NRV translation tells us that, that they have crossed and they've made, they've rushed into the same mistake that Balaam made. They did it because they loved money. Balaam loved money. He loved the wages of unrighteousness. New Living Translation says that what sorrow awaits them for they follow in the footsteps of Cain who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money. I might get to wonder if you see anybody as we go along this study we are going to see what Balaam did. The CEB translation says leaving the straight path they are gone of course following the way of Balaam the son of Beor who loved the payment of doing wrong. He loved the payment of doing wrong. The CEB translation tells us that they have left the true road and they have gone down the wrong path by following the example of the prophet Balaam. He was the son of Beor and loved what and love what he did, what he got from being a crook. <laughs> I like that translation. I love what he got from being a crook. They have abandoned the right road and wandered off to follow the old trial of Balaam, the son of Peor, the man who had no objection to wickedness as long as he was paid for it. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's why I love to read different translations because he gives us a full picture. He says, the Bible says here that this man, he had no objection to wickedness as long as he got paid for it. But remember also, but his eyes, remember also was, he was, but his, he was also remembered, you know, for being reprimanded for his wickedness by a donkey of all things, speaking with a human voice to check the prophet's uh, wicked intention. The TLB translation says, who fell in love with the money he could make by doing wrong. The message translation says, but Balaam was stopped in his wayward tracks. A dumb animal spoke in a human voice and prevented the prophet's craziness. Hallelujah. ICB version says, but a donkey told Balaam that he was sinning. And the donkey is an animal that cannot talk. But the donkey spoke with a man's voice and stopped the prophet's crazy thinking. The voice translation says, but he was rebuked for crossing the line into sin. His own speculations, his own speechless donkey scolded him in a human voice. An amazing miracle that, that restored um, the prophet's insanity. So I believe that just looking at these verses uh, that we've read from different translations, we can see that there are some things that the Bible says about Balaam. One of, one of the several things we see here is that Balaam is a prophet. He's the son of Beor, and he loved money. He loved the payment. I remember one translation says that he, he enjoyed, he wanted the payment for wickedness. He didn't mind doing wickedness as long as he got paid. And you know, we need to ask ourselves, who exactly is Balaam? Because before we begin to talk about the era of Balaam, it's important for us 
to understand who this man is. One of the things we've seen here is that the Bible calls him a prophet. And if the Bible says he's a prophet, yes, he's a prophet. Then we now begin to think, oh, is he a true prophet? Is he a false prophet? Was there a time he was prophesying? Remember that when we studied life of Balaam, we see that Balaam had several prophecies. Balaam gave prophecies about four about the children of Israel. Prophecies that we still even talk about today. I don't know if you remember or you've heard the expression that God cannot lie. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. That came from Balaam. So there are several things that came from Balaam. You know, how can I cost whom God has not cost? You know, those are things that came from Balaam. And so for us to continue today, we need to really, first of all, begin to understand who Balaam is. And when we look at the story of Balaam, we find a whole chunk of the story of Balaam in the book of Numbers chapter 22 to chapter 24. When we look at the Old Testament, that's where we're going to see the story of Balaam. But there's some other places in the Old Testament that actually talk about Balaam. We have Balaam being mentioned in the book of Nehemiah. We also have Balaam being mentioned in the book of Micah. And then in the New Testament, we see the name of Balaam coming up about four times. We see his name come up in this Jew that we have read. We see his name come up in Second Peter. We see his name come up in the book of Revelation. And in all of these places that the name of Balaam came up, did you know Balaam is not in a good light at all? Now that the Bible keeps warning us about the man Balaam, warning us about the fact that his example is something we should not follow. Why? Because his egg was not great. His end was not great. His end at the end of the day was not great. And he did these things. Why? Because he preferred to be paid just to get the wages of a righteousness. And if you read, a, read the story initially, you might think, oh, but he didn't curse the children of Israel. No, he knew he couldn't curse the children of Israel. So he gave advice to the king of Moab also to be able to get that money that this king promised him and he told he made the king get some information that he needed that would help him to get the israelites to cost themselves to get them to be out of the will of god and put themselves in a place where they could be cursed where they could as it were be defeated and that's what the bible was uh, was upset about that's what god is upset about because at the end of the day in Irrespective of all the circumstances and all the encounters Balaam had with God, Balaam was determined to make sure that he would make use of the money that was offered. And so let's just get to look at the life of the man Balaam. We see here that one of the things we read from um, Jude chapter 1 verse 11 as we looked at several scriptures is the fact that Balaam is a prophet. The Old Testament first mentions him in the book of Numbers as someone who has who was employed as it were to cost the children of Israel. And it's for this reason that our, our study begins as we begin to look at the book of as we begin to look at the book of Numbers where we see the life of this Balaam. We said also that Balaam was also mentioned in the New Testament, mentioned in Second Peter chapter two, verse fifteen to sixteen. We see him mentioned in Jude one eleven. So um, there, he was mentioned actually in like three in three of these places, and the, he when he's mentioned, he's mentioned in three different ways. When we see him mentioned in Second Peter chapter two, verse fifteen to sixteen. The Bible talks there about the talks there about the teachings of uh, the way of Balaam. When we see it mentioned in Jude, Jude chapter one verse eleven, is about the error of Balaam. And in Revelation chapter two verse fourteen, we have the doctrine or the teaching 
of Balaam. These are places where the Bible mentions this great prophet, and we are told that um, he is also the son of Beor. It's interesting how the Bible always usually mentions people and mentions their families. And I tell you that God is a person that is concerned about our families. He's concerned about where we have come from. There's no family we've come from that it's a mistake. And so most times in the Bible, when we see people being, um, when we see people being Identify, you find them being traced to their family three. And, 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 and that's if we see here, we are told about Balaam, the, the son of Beor. And there's a lot also about Beor that we're going to talk about. So when we look at it, we see that in three chapters, Numbers chapter 22, chapter 23, and chapter 24, we have Balaam as it were, being his life being extrayed and we're being told about him. If we go on further to look at the book of Joshua, we see that the Israelites at the end of the day actually killed Balaam. Um, Joshua, in his um, farewell speech in Joshua chapter 24, verse 8 to 10, Bible says he recalled again there what um, Micah had said in Micah 6, 5, and he visited what Nehemiah had said in Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. He revisited and he said, listen, this is what Balaam did. Balaam was hired to curse you people. So if you look at him, um, Balaam, as it were, he came from the land of Mesopotamia. Yes, Balaam is from the land of Mesopotamia. And we can see that in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 4. He was from a very far place. And his name, Balaam, means alien. It actually means foreigner. It also means, another in part of my research, I saw that it also means deceiver. His father's name, Bill, means to burn out, you know, to burn, to eat off. Um, that's what it means. Actually, it means to destroy. So I can just imagine his name. His name meant foreigner, alien. And then his father's name, Bill, means to destroy, to burn off. And so let's let's look at what... Um, We've seen in part of the things we read, we saw that the Bible says there is a prophet. But let's look at Joshua chapter 13, verse 22. He tells us that Balaam also, the son of Beor, the soothsayer, did the children of Israel, did the children of Israel slay with his sword among them that were slain by them, that were slain by them. Numbers chapter 20, verse 6, talk about his blessings and his causes were effective. So Balaam is from the land of Mesopotamia is actually from the region of Peter, which is a city in that region. If we look at where our story um, says, a further study shows that it is near around the Euphrates River. And um, I think he had an international reputation. I tell you, he must have had an international reputation because by the time we start looking at the story, we see from where he was sent for. Short, he was sent for. The city of Peter is actually 350 miles north of Jericho. You know, and you can imagine that when it was time to cost the Israelites, Balak, Balak, the king of Moab, could think of nobody else but somebody who had good reputation, somebody whose ministry had international significance. People around knew that this man who he cost was cursed and who he blessed was blessed. And then, guess what? The king of Balak, the king of Moab said, oh, let us send for this person. And, and as I was saying, uh, um, what I said earlier on was that Balaam actually prophesied several things about Christ. So this person was a prophet. This person was also, the Bible also refers to him as a sincere. In short, he's the one that said that the scepter would not depart out of Israel. You know, that's, that, that's what he said. So this is the same man here that we are studying about. And we're going to begin to open our Bibles again to look more at his life. 
Because when we look at his life, we see several things that we ourselves, if we are honest to ourselves, there are mistakes we have also made. And so that is Balaam for us. We've said now we've established that he's a prophet. We've established that the Bible also calls him a soothsayer. We've established that he's the son of Peer. We've said that his name meant alien, it meant foreigner, the name of his father meant to destroy, to burn. We said that he's from the city of Pitya, which is actually the region of Mesopotamia, that from where he was called for, it was about 350 miles away, 350 miles away from where he was sent. So this is somebody who had an international ministry. Glory to God in the highest. Uh, if someone who had an international ministry, I would do well to remember that although he was called to cause, we cannot cause who God has not caused. We cannot bless who God has not blessed. So let's look at um, these things. You know, when we're looking at um, the different places Balaam was mentioned, we're talked, we're told about the doctrine of Balaam, which is in Revelation, and, and that's this doctrine we're talking about, the way of Balaam. And what's the way of Balaam? That is the great way of sinning or, you know, commercializing the gift of God. That's the way of Balaam, the doctrine of Balaam to act to abandon godly separation in favor of worldly conceits. Exactly, that's what we see. If we see in Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, Bible says, I want your loyalty, not your sacrifices. I want you to know me, not to bring burnt offering. And when we begin to look at the life of Balaam, we see that the life of Balaam is compared to two other lives where the Bible clearly tells us, do not be like these people. So let's turn our Bibles again to Jude chapter 1, verse 11. The book of Jude has been called the Acts of the Apostates, because he tells us about several people who are posted, several people who did the wrong thing. Let, let's just have our, let's turn our Bibles again to them. The Bible says this, when it comes to the error of Balaam, the Bible says that they have followed the error of Balaam. The Bible says also, not just the error of Balaam, they have also followed the way of Cain and they've gone after the gainsaying of Korah, Korah rebellion. Hallelujah. So, those are the things the Bible tells us about. The Bible tells us three things that we shouldn't follow. It talks about the way of Cain. And that's something that we're going to study sometime in this program. It talks about the era of Balaam, which is something we're currently studying. And talks about the rebellion of Korah. Hallelujah. The rebellion of Korah. I'm sure a lot of us know very well about Cain. We know that Cain killed his brother. And, um, you know, that's something a lot of us know. Some of us know also about Korah, the fact that he read the rebellion against Moses. He was like, ah, what do you mean? Are you the only one that God speaks to? And all of all that thing that he did, guess what the Bible says concerning him? The Bible asks us not to follow him at all. And then we talk about the error Balaam. And we're going to look at that word error. What's an error? When you say something is an error, what does it mean? Is an error a mistake? Is that a deliberate mistake when we say error? What exactly are we talking about? And when I looked up the word error, it's um, a word that says plain, plain, and it means wandering, strain, you know, deception, delusion. That's what it means. You know, sometimes I know sometimes we deceive ourselves. Sometimes we see the truth, and then we we what we see as the truth, we don't want it. We don't want it to be a reality. Reality. We don't want to accept the truth, and then we decide to wonder. And I tell you, since the error of Balaam, it wasn't a straight. 
um, black or white thing. It was an error. It was a little wandering away, little wandering away. And as he continued to wander away, wander away, wander away, guess what? Bible says he got the wages of, of righteousness. And I tell you why Balaam could do that. Because along the way, as he was wandering away, he was able to justify himself. He was able to justify his self way. He was able to think, oh, maybe, maybe God didn't really say so. You know, he was able to think, oh, we could walk around the things that God has said. You know, we just have me and God have an understanding. You know, because sometimes, you know, that happens to us sometimes when we get into error. We want to think that the word of God that is there and it is sure that somehow we have a way around it, that somehow we have, you know, we, we are God at home is we, we have a way around. But no, 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 child of God, we see here that the Bible talks about the error of Balaam, the error of Balaam. And there's several ways we could get into error. There are several ways the enemy could deceive us. When he went to Eve, what did he say to Eve? He began to despite the accuracy of God's word. What was the first thing he said? Has God said? The next thing he denied the ability of what God could do containing what he had said. What did he say to Eve when Eve said, oh, this is what God said. Guess what the enemy said? God, the enemy said, ah, you shall not surely die. And next thing the enemy does is to delegate the actions of God towards men to let you know that God doesn't have your best interest in heart. You know, to let you know that, oh, if God knows that if you eat this, you become like him. And, and that's how the enemy works. That's how the enemy works. Subtly, the enemy goes on to tell us different things in our lives, you know, to paint a picture of a God who does not have our best interest in heart, to paint a picture of a God who cannot be taken by his words, to paint a picture of a God who will not really do all what he wants to do. Child of God, this morning, as we begin this study of the error of Balaam, it is beginning to look at the life of Balaam, beginning to look at these errors that he made so that we would not make Make those errors. The Bible says we should sit from the way of Cain, which is the way, as, as we all know, the way of free will, the way that, you know, decides to do. I mean, what was supposed to have been done was clearly given. If you read the story in the book of Genesis, I know there's been lots of theological arguments. There have been arguments as saying, oh, why um, it wasn't blood. You shouldn't have killed. You shouldn't have gone there. But you know, when God spoke to Cain, as in Cain, why are you angry? You know what you're supposed to do. Why have you not done? If you do it, then there'll be no problem. Hallelujah. So that means that Cain, whatever God really wanted was communicated to them, but Cain to, decided to go about it in his own way. Praise the Lord. Cain decided to go about it in his own way. And the Bible tells us when we're looking at the book of Jude that that's something that we should not follow, the way of Cain. So we're still looking at the error of Balaam. The error of Balaam. There's an error of Balaam. There's a way of Balaam. And there's a doctrine of Balaam. So we're going to start this morning. Let's start. Let's turn our Bibles. We're looking at the main text where we would learn about this prophet Balaam. Let's go to Numbers chapter 22. I'm going to be reading from, let's see what translation I'm using here. Um, if you have to use another translation, the New Living Translation. And I'm reading Numbers chapter 22. If you turn your Bibles there, Numbers is in the Old Testament, please. And it's the uh, one, two, three, it's the fourth book of the Bible. Numbers chapter 22, I'll be reading that. Balak sends for Balaam. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many the Israelites were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, this mob will devour everything inside like an ox divorced grass in the field. So Balak, the king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balak, the son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Peter, near the Euphrates River. 
his message said, Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I'll be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on any people you curse. Right there in this very first verse, we need to see some things here that um, actually says a lot about our lives also. The Israelites at this particular point in time, they are right just before um, Jericho. They are just here. They are there by the promised land. Things are going on for them. They are about to step into what God had promised them. For over 40 years, they had been in this place. And right now, it had come to the time where God was going to do something about the things that he had spoken to them about. So they were all camped in this particular place, waiting for things to happen. And the Bible makes us understand that before they came here, the people of Israel had actually defeated the two kings. They had defeated all the king of Bashan and I think um, Sion, the king, the other king. They had defeated these kings. And then we see Balak here, the king of Moab, looking at them and thinking, wow, what's going to happen? We're going to be the next person. And then out of fear, the Bible makes us understand he began to make alliances with the other people from Midian just to see, oh, this is what we are going to do. And I want to to stop because right here the very first thing I learned from these first few verses is do not fight unnecessary battles. Praise the Lord. Do not fight unnecessary battles. And what do I mean by that? If we do not have adequate knowledge sometimes we'll be fighting battles that are not battles at all. This is the king of Moab thinking that the children of Israel are going to attack them. But guess what? God had already spoken to the children of Israel. God had told them that listen when it comes to conquering the land, the land for the people of Moab is not yours. You're not to conquer this they're not going to take that land why because they are your relatives these people of moab are people who are descendants from the life of um, lot who was the nephew of abraham i don't know if you remember the story but guess what when he escaped from sodom and gomorrah he and his two daughters the two of them they decided that there was no man anywhere else want to prolong our father's name and so because of that they get for their father to drink wine and they slept with their father and they bore for children and these children that they bore are actually the children of moab and these children had a cause god said not up to the 10th generation I don't want the children of Moab to come into, you know, the temple of the Lord. But these people, God had already spoken to the Israelites. He had told them that the land of Moab is not something I'm going to give you. So at the end of the day, the king, Balaam, beginning to look for Balaam to curse these people was an unnecessary thing. A child of God, I wonder, some of the battles we are fighting, are we fighting battles unnecessarily? Are we keeping enmity with people over nothing? Because we've not had the full story. We've not read what the word says. Because sometimes Times when we get what the word says, there are some enemies we will not keep because we know who the real enemy is. We know where we'll fight our battles. Sometimes the real enemy is actually in our minds. The real enemy is the thoughts of our hearts, child of God. But we see here what Balak did is some of the things we sometimes do. Balak is there thinking that the enemy is outside. Balak is there thinking that the enemy is the children of Israel. The children of Israel. After all, look at them, they are camped. Every day they saw them coming down. Look at a great multitude. Meanwhile, the enemy was in their heart what was that fear 
The Bible says that they were terrified. And because they were terrified, because they had fear, guess what? They started making alliances. Oh, Paul, Midian, let's join hands together. Let's see what we can do. And child of God, I begin to wonder, what are the relationships we are making? The people we are making relationships with, are we making relationships with them based on the counsel of God, based on the kingdom purposes, based on the mind of God, what God is wanting us to do? Or are we making relationships with people out of fear? Are we making relationships with people so as to be able to attack enemies that are not existing or enemies that are not even there? So because that's what we see here. Hallelujah. We are running out of time. Oh my goodness. That's what we see here. We see that Balak sent for Balaam, thinking that these people are going to attack him. He had seen them attack um, Sihon. He had seen them attack two kings and defeat them. And then he assumed he was going to be next. Out of fear, he began to make strategic plans. He began to use resources. He began to do things that he ought not to do if he only had the right knowledge. And child of God, I think we're going to stop here. We're going to pick up from here next week when we begin this study. We'll continue in our study as we continue to go verse by verse, verse by verse, stopping the word of God. And I think it's a time for us to begin to ask God, what are the battles I'm fighting that I should not even be bothering with? God, what, what, what knowledge do I need to increase so that I don't fight some certain battles? God, what friendships do I have that are actually the wrong friendships? Let me get into kingdom friendship. Let me get into the place with kingdom-minded people who want to see God's kingdom come here on planet Earth. Let me get into the place of knowledge so I know what God's word says about me. What exactly am I right? What exactly are the things that belong to me so that I'm not fighting unnecessary battle? Oh, Father God in heaven, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this study we have started about the error of Balaam. Father, we pray just from the beginning pages here. Father, ask him that in any way, Father, we're fighting the wrong battles, not that there be a revelation and you put our hearts aright and our minds aright in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that as we continue in this study, Father, that we would learn more, oh God, and do more, Father, and make sure, Lord, that we are not working in the era of Balaam. Thank you for your word again today. Lord God, we speak to every battle that anyone listening is hearing. We speak to any such battles. We say, peace be still in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. We give you praise and glory. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.